Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling, your home of professional wrestling debate. I'm your host, The Study One. I am joined by two gentlemen. The first one, live from Peterborough, England, the defender of everything British, Sir David the Smart Mark. And my second co-host, from the American city that could be almost described as Liverpool, and he is also pretty as much love as Manchester United, Jake from the Witty City. Hi, mate. What's up? How are you, mate? <laughs> Good to talk to you. Thanks for having <laughs> us here again. And uh, it's be, uh, been an interesting week of professional wrestling, so let's get to it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's go right to the control center this week. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our first story of the week comes from AEW. As Tony Khan has laid down a edict that no longer will his performers be working for GCW, we saw this past week that the champion formerly lost his title to Nick Gage, and that may be the very last time we see an AEW star working for Game Changing Wrestling. Gentlemen, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm not totally surprised uh, because, you know, as we all know, GCW... Uh, their style is a pretty hardcore wrestling style, and we can see that Tony Khan uh, is investing so much money in Mox, as we see that he when he re-signed with his contract. So it kind of makes sense that Tony Khan likes to limit you know, some of Mox's options when going to indies, going to the independent circuit, so he wouldn't get hurt, and you know he doesn't want to see you know some of his talent, like uh, the rest of his talent, uh, get severely hurt and uh, be a part of some of those matches. So, yeah, I mean, overall, to me, I... I think this is a really beneficial decision um i uh, i would say like every now and then you know go to uh gcw but i i know that uh, uh he that uh, mox the next time if it if mox does go to a gcw events anytime in the future it won't be advertised so i think yeah so i i think it will help be my thoughts on that <laughs> and david what are your thoughts about it uh, <laughs> i i right i am the man who has to hold his hands up and say i got sean to watch the world on the one they had in Manhattan, the big show they had in Manhattan. I'm thinking, Sean, it's not going to be like a GCW show. This is going to be good. I reckon this is going to be a show to watch. I bought it, Sean bought it, and it was the biggest pile of dog poo I have seen in years. <laughs> um, and I had to hold my hands up to Mr. Burkhead and say, mate, I am really sorry. I made a mistake. <laughs> I remember... <laughs> I remember oh, on the on the BAM Weekly uh, Facebook group that uh, I asked about uh, what would be your options for best and worst promotion of 2022. <laughs> I know, David, that uh, you you mentioned that you know GCW is probably going to be up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, Moxley's. You read Moxley's book. He's got this obsession with death, deathmatch wrestling. Obviously, we all know his background. He got his He got his start through um, CCW, and you know, all right, it's in his book. But it's just. I mean, I, I, I've seen a lot of that match with Gage, and I had to turn it off. <laughs> and and he's as we keep saying week after week, he's one of the big three in AEW and he could he could genuinely get severely I know he loves doing it but he's got to look at the big picture he's got a family now for I'd say you he know, just came out of however, rehab too yeah yeah absolutely however 
what Tony Khan needs to do, he needs to dive into GCW and buy Jordan Oliver. He needs to get Jordan Oliver out of there. Jordan Oliver is a smarmy, horrible heel and can play that up. You think back, if you, I don't know whether you boys know this or not, he was in a group with MJF in Combat Zone Wrestling many years mm-hmm. ago as MGF just joined. And so you've got a potential reunion. You've got a potential feud. You've got wherever they're going with MJF at the moment. You know, but no, Combat uh, Game Changer Wrestling needs to go go away. And when it gets there, it needs to go away some more. Not for me. And I'm glad that Tony's done that. But also he needs to get in there and gra- rescue Jordan Oliver in my mind because that lad's a talent. He has the potential of becoming a, a real cutthroat bad guy, so I definitely agree with you that. Um, look, if, if Mox wants to do another GCW show again in the future, I would definitely save him for uh, for Blood Sports. Uh, that's that's the one uh, GCW show I really enjoy with uh, with you know with the hybrid technical wrestling yeah, that, and martial arts uh, oriented, so that's definitely that, one I would definitely save for. <laughs> that's the Josh, Josh Barnett stuff, isn't it? Yep, Josh Barnett. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, let's slide over to our second news story. As this comes from Wrestling.inc, it looks like Eric Young is going to stay with Impact Wrestling through at least the end of 2022. He has been back with the company for just a little bit over a year now since he was released from WWE. Gentlemen, do you think Eric Young will have a chance to go back to the WWE since Triple H is back running the show? Or should he stay in Impact Wrestling? Uh, I mean, I really I really enjoyed him uh, when he was in NXT. And I would like to see what Triple H would do for uh, would do for Eric Young. Um, you should also mention, you know, Fightful Select. Sean Rossap did mention that uh, his contract uh, will at least uh, continue through uh, the end of 2022. And, uh, you know, he has a lot of options out there and what he can what he can do so you know eric young is such a spectacular talent uh, on the mic uh, kind of disappointed obviously on what transpired in his wwe run so it'd be pretty interesting what just uh what it's that well that's what i like about this current wrestling environment is that you have a lot of options on your hands and you get so much more leverage so it'll be pretty interesting uh, what moves he will make uh, going forward personally i think he stays in impact i think that's what's best for him he's a big fish in a little pond there i think if he goes back to the wwe he'll be misused because he's talented and they don't use talented guys well well i saw him one time in a house show for nxt here in Knoxville, tennessee as he was a member of sanity if you remember that group, as they face off against this other ah, group called the Undisputed Era. And it was one hell of a match. And when you see Santi on the card in WWE during that time period, they didn't do the service. I feel like that group could have been so much more. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, gentlemen, moving on to our next news story as we stay in Impact Wrestling. As Chris Bay was talking to Sports Illustrated about re-upping with Impact Wrestling. So it looks like he will be staying in the exhibition for a little bit longer. And I feel like he's what could be one of their top stars coming up in 2023? Yeah, I mean, he, he mentioned, you know, it takes time to become a top guy, and then that's what he's pursuing right now is a contract. You know, Scott Demore also commented that Chris Bay's contract extension stating that he has many offers in the table, but he chose to stay with Impact Wrestling. I really like Chris Bay uh, with uh, some of the times I watch Impact Wrestling. It's really good. He does a really good guy. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a top guy. Um, but he, I, I can, I can say he's very talented, though. <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with what's just been said. I, there's a bigger problem with Impact Wrestling. Um, some of our fellow um, podcasters and knowledgeable people in and around our little world, um, have been going on about how Impact's improved, etc., etc. And Bound for Glory was a decent show. Sure. A question, question for you guys. 
There was no one there. Even for a big show like that, you know, you're watching the. I'm 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 seeing bits of the tapings that were done in that in that arena that they recorded afterwards for Bound for Glory. There's no one there. How do they now get eyes on the product? The, um, the problem is, is that they're still suffering that coronavirus syndrome, and they they decide to stick with the small arenas, not have enough, you know still not have a, a lot of people at their shows and i mean yeah i agree with you i mean look i mean you know our our, our one of you know our colleagues at sunday night's main events uh, they always talk about uh you know talk about that on the facebook group but uh you know in, in in the podcast it's not mentioned big enough i mean you know and you know my good friend john pollock i was speaking to him a couple of uh, weeks ago i mean he 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 doesn't even have the time to uh, watch uh, every impact show i mean he he tries yeah. to stick around for for the big pay-per-views uh, he thought bound for glory was pretty was pretty decent uh, so did i but it, it's all about the quantity of wrestling content that is out there and because that there's only so many hours in the day yeah um, the day you know people can only take in so much i mean i don't have enough time to watch impact uh every week uh, you know my my gist is you know wwe a little uh some of the some of the big gcw shows AEW every week obviously and uh the big uh the big new japan shows you know that's that's about it really so um it's it, it only consists of like what the what the what the taste is out there and what's the big yeah. what's the big rub and what's the big excitement that is out there so they can bring in big stars it's still to me not going to put bums on seats in venues um and i didn't i it's like you i agree bound for glory decent show you know they've got a natural star in josh alexander there is the world champion um but going forward you can't see him staying there long surely no. no he's a perfect fit for aew if tony will use him so you know i just thought i'd just thought I'd put it out there, right? Sean. I don't know what you you know you feel about. I this. mean, I mean, look, even even Kenny Omega had a stint in there, and then not much follow up yeah. after that. And then you know, I, I I didn't stick around for the Impact Wrestling product. Yeah. So there's a bigger like issue than that, that needs to be addressed over there too, gentlemen. The biggest issue for Impact Wrestling was they missed their opportunity. Now we have AEW as that secondary option to the WWE. There was a time where Impact Wrestling was on the premises of being the Number two company yeah. in North America, yeah. and they I'm, dropped yeah. the ball. Yeah, I, I thought they had the potential to do that in the mid two thousands when they were TNA, and uh, we don't have to yeah. go. I mean, yeah. we don't have to delve into yeah. the, whole, the whole Hogan and Bischoff uh, bullshit along with Russo. Um, <laughs> it's just it, it's it's so pathetic. I mean, I, I still can't. I still I still have that you know rough taste in my mouth and really um, ruined my enjoyment of TNA um, growing up. So, I mean, you think AEW has problems now? I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look, they have their, I mean, look, AEW has some of their issues right now, but it wasn't as bad as, you know, like Bischoff and Hogan always taking up 20 minute, 20 minute segments on Impact back in, you know, 2010, 2011, and really almost destroyed the company. So, you know, it's, people need to really, if you want to really, if you want a bad wrestling product, people need to go back to watch that, so. Was, I mean, I, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, listening to the law back then, I remember every week they would always, they would always crab and slam impact uh, with mouth and act and all that. It's so funny. Hey, Jay Styles and Phantom Pregnancies is all you need to know. <laughs> so always dropped a ball on AJ, so unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll move on to our next news story. As this past week, 
if you haven't seen this interview from Ariel Hawani when he interviewed Tony Khan, you need to go back and watch it just for all the non-answers and how, I would say, how frustrated Ariel Hawani got because I felt sorry for the guy, but it was kind of entertaining at the same time. Um, I'll let you go first, uh, David, because I probably have a long way okay. to on this. No, okay, something <laughs> like you, mate. Um, <laughs> um, my two scores of thought I've got with this. Ariel, yeah, understandably so, got frustrated because he wasn't getting the answers he wanted, particularly around the backstage locker room issues that are going on at the moment. But Ariel is a... In theory, one of the most respected journalists, wrestling journalists, MMA journalists, fight journalists that I know of. And you can give me more of a North American perspective over there. Um, but surely he should have realized, well, the guy's just not playing ball. Um, move on. Next subject matter. He didn't want to. He didn't seem to want to. He was going to get his answer. And ironically, he wasn't. Because Tony dug his heels in, Ariel Lawani dug his heels in, and basically between them, they made it an uncomfortable, awkward, but oddly entertaining interview. That's my take on it. Yeah, that was my disappointment on Ariel, because I, I completely understand. You know, Tony Khan is not the best in terms of PR and media, but my disappointment with is that Ariel let him run, run him over. Is that... Uh, it's not like, you know, at yeah. least like, how should I say this? Uh, like challenging him back or like, you know, asking, you know, constant questions about legal issues to t- to uh, to Tony Khan. But, you know, but he should have known that, uh, you know, Khan was not going to answer some of those questions about, you know, from the same scenario. And, you know, like, sure. I mean, you know, TK can't handle the tough questions and questions and he may not be the best PR savvy in, in terms of that mode, but is there is there fault in both guys? Definitely, definitely. And that was kind of like my issue with it. And then, look, he he hears his frustrations, but you know, it's is it is it also a double standard when he doesn't filter some of the same questions he does for for Paul Levesque? I would say so, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, can't argue with that. Yeah, because like you know, at at, at the same time with his interview with uh, with Paul Levesque, uh, there was some you know that that Velveteen Dream stuff uh, that was it, it was still <laughs> yeah. during that time it was you. still hot. He didn't mention that. Um, obviously, the elephant in the room is the way Vince McMahon stepped down, and then you know Paul Levesque uh, took over that position. Well, uh, didn't even didn't, well, didn't even bring well, that up. So. Well, the sexual harassment cases that Vince has paid out, you know, yeah, um, which which will still come back to bite that company on the the backside. Yeah, I mean they're they're still they're still going through like you know the the residuals of that, so feeling the after effects. So I mean, and the problem, like I I, I watched it again this past weekend, and he failed. Ariel failed to ask up a fo- any follow up question, and it's th- without a doubt it, it it made for a very uncomfortable, awkward. Uh, but still, like intriguing interviews. So yeah, it's it's it, it was a mess on both guys, and there was a vault on both of them. So in my opinion. Okay, gentlemen. One final news story we're going to talk about this week. This past week on Instagram, friend of the show Ariana Grace mentioned that she will be out of wrestling for a while as she hasn't had surgery on her knee. We just want to wish friend of the show a speedy recovery. Yeah, we do. We do. Get well soon, Mike. Get well soon, and come back on. Okay, gentlemen, let's go over to our study six questions of the week. 
It's time for the stunning six questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. And my first study question to my two gentlemen, what do you think about the double turn of Daniel Garcia on last week's episode of AEW Dynamite? Because we thought maybe he'd be the person to be babyface to beat Chris Jericho, but he's back with the JAS. Uh, um, I, I was not a huge fan of it, uh, to be honest with you, simply because that it it just it just continues to drag on like every week. Uh, to be honest with you, and it's just what else can you do with it? Uh, because I, you know, you you think that the end game would hear like. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I probably, I'm probably jumping on it a little too, a little too early. I could still see a potential of you know Jericho versus Garcia, but uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> I just feel like it's it's it, it's just dragging on too long, in my opinion. <laughs> right. I think there's two again. I think what they've done is they were building two storylines, and and you think back, AW are prime for doing this. They'll do parallel storylines and then decide which one they're going with and just forget about the other. Here, they were building for Daniel, uh, for Garcia Jericho in the obvious way possible. Um, decided against it because now they're going to have Jericho run through all the Ring of Honor ex-world champions that they've got. You think now, he's, he's got Dalton Castle tomorrow night. Um, he's, got, he's still got Joe... And now Matt Taven that he could possibly have have a feud with, so we'll put that on the back burner, and then we'll come back. We'll revisit it. So what it makes for is to quote the great JC, a lazy booking. Yeah, it was pretty lazy. <laughs> I have to agree with you, Jeff, because it reminded me a lot of how the start to this Jungle Boy Christian feud started, with the will yeah. he won't he turn of Luchasaurus, and yeah. just like Garcia. We thought we had a baby face, but oh hey, surprise! Where we get the Yessel Hill? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, <clears throat> it's 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 they've only got one big show to book a week. Nobody watches Rampage. Well, I do, but like you know what I mean. And and it has actually any consequence because they decided it's not necessarily going to be relevant to the main show. Excuse me. So I don't know where he's. I don't. I, I, you'd love to be as a fan. You'd love to be in that booking meeting as a fly on the wall, going, who booked this shit? And then you can actually <laughs> see. You know, because it is... I mean, remember, you know, it, it's only Tony Khan writing the shows. I mean, he's booking it himself, so... I, think <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't I even know. Jericho's, heavily, Jericho's sure. got to be heavily involved. Got to be. Sure, yes. I don't know if uh, they do have book. If they even do have booking meetings. I don't know if I don't know if that's yeah. if that's true or not. But yeah, I mean Jericho. Yeah, he might have a lot of say on this. So okay, gentlemen. Next study question. Let's take you back to Friday Night SmackDown, as the main event of the show was yet another talking segment. But it was Bray Wyatt's return to the WWE, and we got the asshole the asshole person Bray Wyatt for a moment, right? Hmm. Yeah. This is pretty interesting. I actually kind of, I actually kind of enjoyed it uh, to an extent uh, on Friday. Um, I thought Bray was pretty smart utilizing his real life situations and emotions as part of his gimmick, which used to be a common thing by wrestlers. But somewhere along the line, the industry became completely fictional instead of blurring the lines between reality and entertainment. Um, but you know, looking at that, uh, looking at that promo on SmackDown. Uh, that's probably like one of the most the one of the most uh, emotions I can see in a promo and and that has gotten out of me 
in almost 15 years of watching wrestling. Uh, generally, it seems like this is what you know Bray is meant is meant to do, and you know I can I can relate I can relate to bits and parts of it. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting because it's like it's somewhat next level. It's not, he's not necessarily acting, clearing drawing from like you know raw emotion while maintaining his character and you know masterfully telling a story. So I mean, I I I pretty much enjoyed it. So much respect to you know Wyatt and WWE for taking this like different move in terms of his in terms of his, how he delivers uh how he delivers and presents his character in my opinion well i'll be honest if you cast your mind back to that recording of smackdown bear in mind i am a uk sufferer of wrestling so everything that we watch live is normally at stupid o'clock in the morning for us they kept going bray wire up next bray wire up next and he, he was the headline it was the main event. They started it right from the beginning. Bray Wyatt up next. Bray Wyatt speaks, and then we get something else. Although I have to say, I quite enjoyed SmackDown on Friday night. But to the point, I think it shows the indecision they've got over the character with what they did, and they tried to do something different. And I don't think, for my opinion, it quite came off. It was different, and I'm glad it was different. Because I didn't want no Firefly Funhouse bollocks. I wanted something different. I said to Sean that I want him to become evil. I actually want him to go into the crowd and steal a fan and like, or steal a wrestler. And the next week you see him being tortured, a la Hostel, a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, really try and go push the boundaries with this character. The big thing is where they're going to go with him ultimately when he gets back in the ring. Who's he going to challenge? Is he going to challenge um, for any of the titles? Or is he just going to go around and scare the bejeebus out of all you know the wrestlers? Or is he not? Is he just going to turn face? You cannot have, for me, that Bray Wyatt character as a face. And I love Bray Wyatt and I want it to work. But I don't think it can be a face. That's a good point, yeah. I would like to see him like remain a heel... Uh, because he's better at doing that, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. You know, keep, keep the, you know, I mean, I myself, I'm guilty of this. I like to keep the glass half full, and uh, what I like yeah. about you, David, is you like to keep it, you know, some, you know, somewhat, uh, somewhat empty. You know, still half, you know, still half empty, and then <laughs> give, and then give like the, the alternative side of things. So yeah, that's what I really like about it. So I mean, it'll be interesting. Is will he, you know, challenge for the championship? Um, but I mean, you know, we've said this a lot. I mean, it it, it really depends on the follow up. Um, and that was an that was an amazing debut at Extreme Rules. I would say say one of the best you know returns I've ever seen. Uh, but biggest test right now in terms of the Bray Wyatt character. How is he going to deliver in the ring? And we've talked about this a lot. Uh, he did you know he didn't have the best matches uh, during his time you know and uh, during his you know time of there as the fiend and you know we saw what happened with Seth you know with his match against Seth Rollins it was not a good match at all and so it really depends on the follow up because this is going to be a big test this is going to be a very big test for them and it's, see how they yeah. run that at the moment you still have the audience's goodwill don't ruin it okay Jubbin, i want to disagree with you david this for a second I believe you could actually use Bray Wyatt, the one we saw on Friday night, as a face. And maybe just use him for like a month or two. 
give Roman a new challenger. And yes, Roman beats him. But that defeat of Bray by Roman leads him into that new heel character that we saw at the end of his promo where we saw the new mask. Yeah, as long as they don't cock it up and as Jake's just alluded to, we have more Seth Rollins in a cage with red light on the matches. That's where they, you know, as long as they avoid uh, that. The red light. Oh, the red lights. That was such, that was the worst. That was the worst shit ever. <laughs> we'll be good. You know, you know, you know what I mean, lads. You know, we're all pretty much of the same boat. Our disagreements are not necessarily huge ones. We all come from the same stock and we, we all know what we want from them. And, you know, I don't I don't care where they go as long as they don't mess it up. Exactly. Okay, Jim, next study question. Back on AEW Dynamite, we finally got to see a excellent promo by one Heyman Adam Page. Where has this Heyman Adam Page been for a while? Gentlemen, was that his best AEW promo? What do you think, David? Um, what do I think regarding... Um, yes, it was. But that says how poor he's been. Mm. If that was his best... I, I never... I don't want this to come over badly. But who the hell dresses him? <laughs> he... It's not... He's right. Okay, look at the characters we've got here. We've got Moxley. Whether you like John Moxley or not... At least, it's, let it's, me just... At least we didn't get butterfly, butterfly pants and man. Yeah, you know where I'm coming from with this, right? He's going up against this metal-eating, you know, oh, gravel-spitting, so hard-ass... You know, whether you like Moxley or not, that's the character you're going to have to practically kill him to beat him, and he comes out wearing flowery pants. I'm not. I, I, I'm already not invested. No matter what, uh, Sean, you're probably right because again, I'm I'm being me as Jake's just called it. But I cannot take him seriously, and also I hate him because of the CM Punk thing, and that's real heat, not just heel heat. That's just I think I I think how the hell. He's got away with that. It's beyond me, but that's another story for another segment. Um, so I'm not invested in him. Yes, Sean, you're right. To be technically correct, it was his best promo. And to get back to the point, but I, I, I'd not invested in him because, quite simply, he comes out dressed like that. It's like Moxie's going to kill you. Moxie's going to eat you <laughs> up. Wow. You know, do you get my point, at least? Sure. Sure, I'll give you that. Um, uh, yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Personally, uh, it was a better promo from him. Uh, you know, blurring the lines, uh, like I said, with, within reality and, uh, and entertainment. Um, you know, he mentioned you know he's like the the lone wolf now. Uh, he has to fight. He has to fight this by himself. Mentioning you know all of his friends are have disappeared and uh, become uh, became hurt now. And uh, but yeah, I mean it's pretty uh unfortunate that has reached this point that he he's finally you know getting getting some more heaps on the mic um it's weird because like i didn't like necessarily enjoy the the confrontation he had with punk if, uh, if you remember back at that promo uh on the dynamite before or double or nothing it was like you know this is pretty weird like like did he like go off script in that in that promo like mentioning workers rights and and all that so, i mean where was he necessarily going with this so i'm still interested in the match uh uh, next week on Dynamite, uh, but I can definitely see your point. See some of your points, David. Okay, boys, I'll put it to you. I mean, even though we know we all know the answer, but who wins that match? Moxley. It's yeah. without a doubt. So yeah. Okay, gentlemen. Our next study question comes from New Japan Pro Wrestling. As last week, they debuted yet another new title. It's the NJPW oh. TV title. <laughs> gentlemen, what are your thoughts on a the belt and b the brackets they made for the said belt? 
Uh, it looks like shit. Uh, it looks like it, it looks like a lunch tray. Uh, it looks like a freaking lunch tray, and I don't know. It's it looks like it it looks like it looks like someone actually shat on it, and they made they made it on a lunch tray, and they they purposely like. Purposely, like, uh, squeeze up, clean it up, and made it like that. Uh, I, I just don't like it. I mean, this is this is a comp. Yeah, this is a company where they already have enough titles as it is, uh, and and then they make that crap. Uh, it's 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 just garbage. Uh, and I just I just necessarily I just don't really care about what they do with it uh, as long as the, the belt looks like shit. So I just don't care. <laughs> Sean, it's not very often Jake's swearier than me. You're the, 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 the tin's just taking the battering. Get the lawyers on it. I can't I have to say, now you've said it, and that's why I, that's why I collapsed. You, 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 you're right about the belt. The lunchbox analogy is genius. Let me just say that. But it hadn't bothered me more than the brackets, and it's another belt. And looking at the brackets, I'm not really interested. There's nothing there to grab me, which is what New Japan need to do. New that's Japan, the thing. They, that's the thing. That's that's the overall problem with the company recently is that there's there's just so much you know flippy and floppy, uh, so much yeah. bullet club, you know, so much bullet club bullshit. Uh, I'm just so tired of it, and you know, it's just that's you know that's one of the problems with New Japan these days. It's like they they always bring up you know they might bring up intriguing matches every now and then. You know, Os you know Osprey and Takagi obviously in the G1. I mean, yeah, this G1 like I I didn't. It was the first time in years that I didn't watch every single match. Uh, only like you know a couple of matches in the in the in the blocks and the semifinals, the quarterfinals, and the finals. And it, it yeah, it just, it just still to me, New Japan is having an identity problem. They're just not confident in what in you know the content that they're giving out. And Gaido's lost the plot, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean that's that's the point here. I mean, thankfully. Uh, we don't have to deal with you know two days of Russell Kingdom, uh, and it's they're ret finally returning to the one night on January fourth. But it's gonna be pretty interesting because it's going head to head. Well, not really head to head because it's different time zones, but it's gonna be on the same day as uh, as Dynamite in their first Seattle run. And then you know that Brian Danielson's not gonna be in it. So, but I will say the one thing about New Japan Pro Wrestling this past week is that they finally you know got out of the, you know th the traditional uh, Japan shows with the clap crowds and. They had their World Quest show a couple weeks ago. Unfortunately, they did not show live uh, on Fight TV, which is still a stupid decision, a baffling decision, in my opinion. And yep. I, I, and this past, and they finally released one of the hyped matches that people keep talking about: FTR versus Aussie Open for the IWGP Tag Titles. I saw it last night, and it definitely exceeded the hype for me. It over it over delivered, and it was one of the best tag matches I've ever seen. Uh, from definitely from FTR, I would put it up there with the two Briscoes matches. I mean, this is this is something I like to see from New Japan. Is that you know proper storytelling? They had a proper build, um, build to it uh, as well uh, beforehand. So I mean, yeah, I mean you know finally you know New Japan is you know delivering some of this type of content out. So that's a that's a one positive I'll say about for those listening and the guys here. Definitely go out of your way to see that match. It was spectacular. Sweet. Gentlemen, what I would say about this title is it looks like the world's ugliest belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> now, I understand what New Japan wants to do with this title. They want to highlight the younger talent they have in their company, and they want this to be on Wrestle Kingdom. But, gentlemen, I ask you, is this going to be the dark match on the one night 
of Wrestling Kingdom, it won't make the main card. It probably will be. <laughs> I, I don't have too too much hope on this anyway. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, you got you got guys like Evil and Great Okan, uh, guys I I already hate so much. Uh, I mean, Evil was my worst my worst wrestler of the year last year. I mean, <laughs> you got guys like Kamaru and. I mean, at least Alex Zane is in it. You know, I'm impressed by him. But overall, I'm just not interested in this. Just out of interest, that matches on YouTube. Okay. Um, so I, that'll be my viewing tonight. So thank you. Okay, Jim, and sticking with New Japan Pro Wrestling, we have found out that it's going to be Jay White versus Okada for the heavyweight title at the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Are you as sad as I am? I, I think I'm. it's still going to be an enjoyable match. Um, but I, I just don't see, like, compared to, like, other like past Russell Kingdoms, I just don't see like yeah. other people hyped about it, and which is really unfortunate because Kazuchika Okada is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Like you know, he's definitely top three for me uh, of all time in, in all my in all my years of be of being a wrestling fan. Um, you know, he's tremendous. I and I I really marked out for him when I was at Forbidden Door and I and I saw him live in person. You know, for the first time. So at the at the United Center in Chicago. But you know, yeah. I mean, I I don't see enough hype or enough buzz about this match at all. Um. Yeah, I can't really um disagree with that. It's it'll be a good match. You know what you're gonna get. It's just not got that big name feel about it. Bizarrely, and that's. I never thought I'd say that about a match with a carder in it. It's not going to put you any new bums on seats or any new eyes on the product for me. It's a shame. Um, I, I should still watch it, obviously, like you two. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's not going to for me. It doesn't. It's not a. It's not a grab you by the throat. Oh, I must see that match. I, I, and also, I'm just not the biggest fan of the character that is Jay White. I mean, in terms of his promos, it's not really that uh, attracting to me. I mean, that I think that's kind of the issue is that he talks in a in a specific style, but then it's it's repetitive. I mean, that that's the problem I have with his promo style, especially his backstage interviews. If you see you know, New Japan do the backstage interviews, it's 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 like talking about you know the same stuff over and over and over again. So I mean, I, I'm still gonna watch the match like uh, like you guys. Uh, we we said it enough, but um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's gonna be like the big like Russell Kingdom type of match that we've seen in years past, like you know Tanahashi and Okada. And I yeah, I mean, I think the th I think the thing is is that. You know, during that time, you know, in the mid in the mid 2010s, you know, uh, New Japan was like still a, a new thing with people, and uh, and there there wasn't an AEW back then. So I mean, that's the thing about New Japan right now is that AEW took away some of their buzz, uh, <laughs> because as far as far as like an alternative to WWE. So that that's that's one of the main main elephants in the room that uh, that needs to be addressed there too. Well, Jimmy. We'll leave that there. We got one final study question as it has come to light that WWE has decided to cancel day one pay-per-view that would originally be November right, January 3rd that's coming up 2023. Now, the January day, 1st. Originally January 1st, yeah. Originally, it was scheduled to be in Atlanta, Georgia, yet again, making it the second year in a row the event would be from Atlanta, Georgia. Now, the fact that WWE released was the fact that the Falcons had a game before the day before the event and there's also a college football game the day after so I feel like they decided to just pull up because they didn't think they would be able to get enough fans in the seats so Brandon Thurston from Wrestlenomics first reported this uh, just over the weekend that uh, they decided to pull out day one and originally there was going to be a thought going to be the thought about you know replacing 
replacing um, this premium live event on another date or another weekend. But uh, it seems like the the news now is that they won't be they won't be replacing uh, the day one uh, pay per view premium live event, whatever you want to call it. And it's going and there's no there's not going to be any pay per view between Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble, which uh, in like in like in previous years past. In my opinion, I I, I don't have too much problem with it. Uh, you know, d- the WWE they have they already have a lot of a lot of. Uh, pay-per-view slash premium live events as it is already i mean we've talked about uh you know they they already have like 12 12 pay-per-views a year so i mean i don't i mean i think this is a chance for for the wwe to give their their fans a little bit of a breather i, I even though that uh i saw some of the comments that uh this will be a ch- maybe this will be a chance uh or like paul Levesque really wants the idea to do more uh big shows overseas and outside of north america so I'm really interested to see how that will go forward. Um, how that will go forward. I mean, you know, I, I would love to see you know the WWE return to Wembley. Uh, obviously, um, have another big show in Australia. Obviously, we know. Well, obviously, you know about the Saudi Arabia stuff. We don't need to get into that, obviously. But I would love to see them. You know, I would love to see them do like you know big shows in Asia as well or India. So yeah, I mean, I think this is a chance to you know. The thing is, like you know. You know, our our good friend Jason Agnew said it best. You know, more is more, and uh, and with with Paul Levesque, I'm confident that he will do less is more, which is which I'm really looking forward to. So, I'm definitely in the less is more um, category. I think it will do the company the world of good. I think this is a result of. I think Jake's nailed it bang on. I think they want to do more overseas. I think they were taken aback by the success of Clash of the Castle, which was an okay card, let's face it. It was an okay card and a god-awful ending. But you look at the crowd, the crowd made that show. So, again, you go to Australia, you're going to get the same... You, Jake nailed it. You're going to get the same response in Australia. I think I'm firmly in the belief this is a good thing. And, you know, less is more. Let people be hungry for the next big show, no matter what it is. Yeah, this is what I love about AEW is that they don't do a pay-per-view every single month. Uh, and the problem with TNA is that they did a pay-per-view every single month. They're not letting their, their fans breathe, and then they keep getting low buy rates on, on their pay-per-views. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of the problem right there. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think this is a bad thing at all. So, just let yeah, just let the fans, like, you know, rest for a little bit and make them want more. So. You know, guys, this reminds me of my youth when there was not a pay-per-view in December for the WWE, and you had to wait to the Royal Rumble to see what happened from Survivor Series. This yeah. gives them an yeah. excellent opportunity to build Survivor Series and lead it to the Royal Rumble and to kick off a WrestleMania season and make these two events larger than life. Yeah, the late 80s and early 90s. I mean, Hogan wasn't there every single week on Superstars. I mean, that's the thing. You want to leave... Your fans wanting more. Can't say it enough. Can't over-extemporate enough. So, this is a good thing. Well, Jim, that was the study six questions. We have one more segment for you fine people, as we're going to preview NXT Halloween Habit, gentlemen. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Do we have to? Legal said we had to. <laughs> we'll use Wikipedia here. We'll start with the first match. We'll talk about the match we're probably most excited for. It's the triple threat for the NXT title, as we have Braun Breaker versus Ilya Dragunov versus JD McDonough. Gentlemen, this should be the match of the night. I definitely think so. Um, I just can't see Braun Breaker uh, just losing here. Uh, he just—he's so good right now, and 
I think it's still too early to uh, to uh, to take the take the belts off. In my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, Jake's right. Drug enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, um, Brown <laughs> um, oh. uh, That's just wishful thinking. Drag enough shouldn't be on NXT. Drag enough needs to be on SmackDown. This is just as simple as that. And um, yeah, next match, please, Sean. Well, Jim, I'm gonna disagree with you. If you remember from Extreme Rules, we saw Braun Breaker in the crowd. I got a feeling that Ilya Dragunov is going to win and become the new czar oh. of NXT. <laughs> well, he deserves the way they do it. Sure, they, they, they might as well do it. Might as well do it at this uh, on this event. Um, but I, I just think Ilya Dragunov is so talented. He just he deserves much more than NXT yeah. Florida. <laughs> yeah. No, Jim, I agree with you. I feel like he should be on SmackDown. And oh, by the way, Walter's on SmackDown. Why ain't we got this third in this series of Walter versus Ilya Dragunov match yet? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's that's a good point. I mean, I I really want to see that Gunther Ilya on the main roster uh, match. See see how they can do, how they can fare in in an actual big arena, uh, in a in a main roster in a main roster crowd. So, I mean, hopefully hopefully that will happen um, sooner than later. Okay, gentlemen, next match on the card is for the North American Championship. It's a ladder match. As Carmel Hayes faces off the against the former Ashton Smith, Wesley, Ron Wagger, and Nation Fraser. Gentlemen, I feel like there's only two people who can possibly win this match. It's either Nation Fraser or Carmelo Hayes. So who do you have? Uh I'm picking Carmelo Hayes. Uh he's he's I mean, his character really attracts me on like one of the one of the at least good good things about NXT. So I'm going with Carmelo Hayes. Do you have to ask me who I'm picking? <laughs> Do you well, really know, have to ask me? I know your team dates are Fraser. I want to see the rascals back together. All of them. Okay. <laughs> Gentlemen, the third match is a grudge match as we have Roxanne Perez versus Cora Jade. And a spin the wheel, make the deal, and we found out it's going to be a weapons wild match, whatever that is. Jimmy, who do you have? <laughs> It's pretty. This this is gonna be pretty interesting. Uh, see how this turns out. Um, I think it's gonna be Cora Jade. Uh, I'll pick Cora Jade for this match. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I need a psychiatrist for this one. It's gonna be awful. <laughs> it's gonna um, be awful. Right, it's gonna be right. Okay, you tell me that it's gonna be a good match, Jay. Come on, sat there in Chicago looking cute. No, I'm, I'm you keep... tell me. You tell me that that's gonna be a good match. Uh, I love you, David. So it's uh, I, I mean, I, you know me. I mean, I'm, I'm the glass half full guy. But uh, yeah, you are, mate. Yeah, you <laughs> probably won't disagree and I, there. It's and I not hate NXT. Sean does this deliberately because he knows I hate NXT, and I do hate NXT. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for Perez to win, only because I have to. Well, I feel like Perez should win this if you're thinking logically, booking wise. But I got a feeling that. Jade might be right, and this might be still the generation of Jade. Mm, yeah. He's the Churchill Cup champion. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, fourth match on the card. It's an ambulance match because we all love ambulance matches, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, David, I think this is going to be the worst match, <laughs> in my really? opinion. More, probably worse than the Weapons Wild match. <laughs> I don't know. Mandy Rose is on the card. Be fair, we taking that into consideration. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Judas Creed versus Damian Kemp. I kind of like both guys. I just feel like they got handicapped with this freaking stipulation. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I, yeah, I mean, is the the question you have to ask yourself is is Creed is Sir Julius losing? Do you know what I mean? Uh, is Bruce Creed gonna have to make? Yeah, I don't know. 
I can't see it. So I think Julius Creed. The shenanigans, as Jake said, yeah, you've got a point, actually. You can have a toss-up from for, for the worst match of the night and actually have three or four contenders. Now I've looked down this card. But, yeah, this, this could be pretty grim. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I'm going to go with Julius Creed as well. So, <laughs> Well, you know what? I'll go with Dana Kim because I feel like they're going to bring the crease up onto either Raw or SmackDown because you need another tag team somewhere. Yeah, it says the step here. If Julius loses, Brutus Creative will have to leave NXT. So um, that could be a, that could be an answer right there, too. Jim, the fifth match on this card is Apollo Crews versus Grayson Waller. Two well-liked athletes here. I mean, they're great wrestlers in their own right. And they spin the wheel. We don't know what the deal is going to be in this match. <laughs> This is interesting. I wonder what kind of stip it will be. Is it going to be like uh, an I like? Are, do we know like some of the the options that are out there, Sean, uh, for like the spin the wheel or? Okay, so for the time I saw it on NXT, there was like a co-binder gloves match. There was a weapons wild <laughs> match. There was a steel cage match. I wonder if they had a Singapore spike match because that would be my pick for this match. Hey, I, bring back the Singapore cane match. <laughs> Let's see that go. See, right. Two out of three falls, much. There you go. You were there first. Two out of three falls. I can. That, that, that'd be pretty good. Um. Yeah. Grayson Waller wins. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Creed could not have fallen any lower in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Creed. Sorry. <clears throat> Apollo Creed. I liked Apollo Creed. They are really high on Waller, so I feel like he's going to get this win here. And like you said, yeah. David, a loss to Apollo Creed right now. It doesn't really matter because he's not heated up any whatsoever. Exactly, yeah. Okay, Jimmy, pat yourself on the back. You're at the final match of the evening. <laughs> it's for the NXT Women's title, and Bob Kapoor turned this show off right now because it's Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire. I like Bob. You leave him alone, you bully. <laughs> hey, Bob, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't care uh, about this at all. So, <laughs> I, I still think Mandy Rose is still going to win. Um, yeah, Mandy yeah, Monday. Yeah. Do you think it'll be a technical um, masterpiece, Jake? Oh boy, I hope it is, but I don't have much confidence in it. So <laughs> you're too. You are so nice, Jake. You really are. <laughs> I should have brought up Moose and Bully Ray, Sean, shouldn't I, to get some to get some nastiness in him? <laughs> yeah, I don't. But I don't, have, I don't have much confidence in this. So, <laughs> David, did I hear you pick Manny Rose over KLR? Did I hear that right? Yeah. Well, ladies <laughs> yeah. and gentlemen. Right, right. Okay, right. Okay. Sure. This is NXT. This is their booking. KLR's going to have to carry her to a match. Yeah. Sure. You know my opinion of Kaylee. You know, I mean, she's a good girl. She's a star. But they don't. She's not. You know, she's not a model. She's a wrestler, and she's <laughs> got to carry that useless lump around the ring for probably 15 minutes before laying down and looking at the lights. I can't motivate myself for that. I'm sorry. But Mandy Rose will retain. You ask me who I think is going to retain or who I think is going to win, and I think Mandy Rose is going to retain. I'm sorry. Well, ladies and gentlemen, next week on this show, I'll be soloing the show because I'll be the only person to get this match right as I pick KLR to finally end this reign of Mandy Rose. <laughs> Till you're gonna die, Ladies and gentlemen, that was your NXT Halloween preview brought to you by Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Uh, we we talked about uh, talked about a little bit previously, but we, I did get the chance to watch uh, some alternative programming um, and got the chance to see the first two episodes of Tales from the Territories uh, on Vice TV. 
and which is produced by the Dark Side of the Ring guys, Evan Husney and Jason Eisner, as well as, and they teamed up with Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, uh, and their company, Seven Bucks Productions. And uh, I got to say, uh, this was a very fun show. I uh, definitely recommend this to our listeners and to our and to our fans. Uh, I really love the stories. You know, it, it's interesting how they formatted this because you get you get the Vice reenactments, this, uh, and this time you get the spontaneous roundtable accounts of you know the stories i mean obviously you know it, it can be exaggerated at times and who they found as guests are great characters um but and so the first two episodes uh uh you, the first episode was on memphis wrestling specifically and you got the second episode uh on the actual fe- the, the actual program between andy kaufman and jerry lawler and i thought they did very well on both these uh, first two episodes love hearing the stories especially how Andy Kaufman was the brains behind the majority of his stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, looking forward to some of the next episodes. Um, the reenact, the reenactments uh, were, were pretty good. Um, this is not necessarily like a documentary type of format. It's more, you know, just um, like nostalgic, like storytelling, uh, storytelling from the people who were there, the wrestlers who were there. Um, I thought uh, Jerry uh, Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler were pretty good on it. So the next episode is going to be on the AWA, uh, which is going to be pretty pretty interesting to watch. Uh, Greg Gagne is going to be on it. Uh, uh, Gagne is uh, going to be on it, and uh, be pretty interesting to uh, watch that episode as well. So yeah, some alternative uh, uh, recommended watching I would definitely put out there. Jay, I seen the first episode of this fine program, and it was freaking excellent. You had Dutch Mantel, Jeff Jarrett. Jerry Jarrett on there and they were just telling stories about all these crazy things that happened in about 1970s Memphis wrestling and it was just insane I mean, I mean you're in Tennessee right now uh Sean so <laughs> you're you're probably in the middle of it and then hearing like actual stories of um just fans like taking taking bot like taking actual beer bottles and smashing them on Jerry Lawler's uh, car uh, and his windshield and hearing like actual accounts of fans slashing the heel, the the tires of the heel wrestlers on their cars. It's like, dang, like, dang, like, I I, I wish I grew up uh, during that era to see, <laughs> to see what it looked like back then. Uh, you probably can't even imagine seeing it now. So, I mean, you know, you know, David mentioned it that uh, unfortunately you can't watch it yet in the UK. There's not a lot of options out there. So hopefully I'll give you a link uh, to that soon, uh, David. So because I know that uh, you're the uh, you're the veteran in this. Uh, you're you're the veteran in this group, and then I know that you're a fan of some of the some of the territories as well. So, so oh, hopefully you get man, to see huge, it soon. Huge territory fan, um, you know, invested in you know in in looking historically at it, um, because obviously we, we've said this before on the show that that I had to go back um, from when from discovering proper American wrestling, not the WWF. I meant proper, you know. Um, sure. So yeah, um, I, I've had to go back, but yeah, it's coming. I've, I've, I mean, it's it's previewed. It's 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 letting us know. But it was like with Dark Side of the Ring, we had to wait for Dark Side of the Ring. Same company, same channel. So it will get here. It's just at the moment, it's a little bit frustrating reading all the great reviews of it and wanting to watch it. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, so the other episodes. Um, looking forward to the Mid South episode. Uh, Jim Ross is going to be it. Michael Hayes is on it and. Yeah, I mean, I'm really happy that some, you know, WWE contracted uh, people are going to be on it too. So, um, yeah, props to The Rock. You know, he's he's doing some great stuff in the wrestling, in the wrestling circles now. So, uh, definitely a, a real recommended watch right there. So, but yeah, thanks guys for having me. This is this is a great episode today. <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Radio Free PW. Please go over to our Facebook group at Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Join the group. That's where we do all our discussions. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Free PW. Follow your favorite host on the planet at RPW Sean. Jake, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jake Allenar, J A K E A L L O N A R, as well as on Instagram at jakeallenar.mp4 uh, to get some of my uh, takes on wrestling and sports. Uh, football, hockey, gridiron football, uh, traditional football, whatever you name it. So, uh, yeah, just follow me there. Big Duds, D Brightly 6, David J Brightly on Facebook. Please hit me up. I'm more than happy to chat and have a moan about anything that a grumpy old man will moan about. Mm-hmm. And next week, the Formula One, One Grand Prix is coming to the United States. And uh, <laughs> y'all need to watch that too. So, Max Verstappen. Yeah, there's a load of rich boys playing with a, a, a car. More <laughs> with a car as well. <laughs> Seem to leave that there. <laughs> I, I've been intrigued on Sean's take being in the deep south of America. Formula One or NASCAR, Sean? You know what? I enjoy both. Both kinds of racing have their own strategy and their own skill needed to do it. I enjoy all sports, which leads me into an announcement for this week's episode. <laughs> as we are going to try to do. A... You know we're in the same fantasy hockey team, and uh, you don't know you don't know much about hockey, dude. So you said you said it yourself. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Sean. <laughs> and keep pissing him off again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, coming in November, <laughs> we are going to launch a maybe uh... long-term, short-term secondary program that's called RPW World of Sports, and our first episode is going to be a preview of the World Cup. Do we yes. have to? David, it was USA, your idea. USA, USA, USA. You're not, you're not giving England a chance. Mate, not at the moment. No. <laughs> you, you have, you're, you're manager, man. It's like, don't don't even so get upset. me going. I'll, otherwise, I'll catch you up on the swear count. We're gonna have okay. to make that one an 18-rated show, Sean. Until we see you guys on next week's episode of Ray Free for Professional Wrestling, have a steady week, gentlemen. I wish you a bond farewell. Brother, don't you dare miss it. Brother. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.